is the 77 WABC minicast. We have Professor Alan Dershowitz. Of course, he has his awesome book, The War Against the Jews. Professor Dershowitz, I, I actually had to like shake my head. This guy, this is this Robert Malley guy um, who was a U.S. special envoy for Iran under President Biden. Remember, they moved him. I don't know if you saw this. Can you believe this? He is now going to be teaching a course entitled Contending with Israel-Palestine like at Yale. Like, didn't these universities learn anything from what happened on Capitol Hill? Yeah, what they learned is to double down and do it more because otherwise they're going to get it from their loud, very loud left-wing students. And so what we're seeing is the Hamasization of universities. I mean, uh, this guy is uh, a real problem. Uh, He's been a problem from the Obama administration on, and he has been always the anti-Israel voice in every administration. And so he fits in perfectly at uh, Yale. Um, Yale is now in the process of picking its new president. And it seems to be favoring somebody who looks like, uh, in every way except race, uh, the failed president of Harvard. So, you know, we have such a serious problem in our universities uh, today. Uh, They are becoming training grounds for anti-American, anti-Israel and in some respects, anti-Semitic students who are going to be our future leaders. And we have to fight back. And thank God for some alumni and some people who are running now to be members of the corporations to try to set these universities straight, because uh, it can't continue this way. Otherwise, the new McCarthyism, which we're seeing on universities, is going to become the new Americanism in the future. Yeah, you're right. And that's what, you know what is so troubling, that. And then I also look at even some of these members, the progressive members in Congress. There was a report, Jamal Bowman, the famous guy who pulls the uh, the fire yeah. alarm, remember, <laughs> that whole deal. Yeah. Uh, he was at an event the other day with this guy, yeah. Norman Finkelstein, who yeah. on October 7th said it was a heroic resistance in Gaza. And he's like embracing him, telling him he's his mentor. I mean, to me, after all this attention, they're still coddling people like this? No, it's worse than that. Norman Finkelstein is an out-and-out anti-Semite and Holocaust minimizer. He um, said on October 7th that it warms every part of his heart to see, finally, that the Israelis are getting what's coming to them. He's talking about rapes, beheadings, murders, burning alive. And here's a man who is supporting it and favoring it. And you have this anti-Semitic congressman, and that's what he is. Let there be no mistake about it. He is an anti-Semite who is a member of Congress who has been associated with a kind of, you know, hard left neo-Nazism of Norman Finkelstein. And there's no excuse for it. And he has to be defeated. I'm going up there um, uh, when I get back to New York to campaign against him. Um, he's on my list. You know, I've said I will support any Republican who runs, even though I'm a Democrat, I'll support any Republican who runs against these squad members, these anti-Semites, these people who uh, can't see anything good about uh, Israel. We have to defeat them. Democrats have to defeat them in the primaries, and then the general public has to defeat them in the general elections. These people should not be members of Congress. Alan, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. I'm very Hi, concerned sir. about the, the effort that's going on through the United Nations and the European Union They're trying to force a two-state solution on Israel. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a breach between the United States 
and Israel because of this, because Netanyahu cannot go along with this. What say you? Look, first of all, there is a two-state solution in existence right now in the Middle East. There's a city called Ramallah. Everybody ought to go there. It should be on everybody's uh, tourist list. I've been there Ramallah a couple times. A beautiful city. There are no Israeli police. There are no Israeli soldiers. It is the Palestinian state. It's a small state. But Israel has said, if you want to set up a city, you want to self-govern, you want to elect your own mayors, you want to do everything you want to do to have independence— we're going to let you do that. Just don't send terrorists after us. And any city on the West Bank and in the future in Gaza that wants to set itself up as a peaceful ally of Israel can have independence. That is the two-state solution. But, but nobody's talking about that, Alan. Running a state. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And by the way, uh, did you see Professor Dershowitz the other day? Uh, one of these Hamas figures came out and said, you know what, this two-state solution ain't going to work because our ideal is to demolish Israel. I mean, he, he, they're blatantly saying there's no transition with Hamas. We know it. But uh, why doesn't the Biden administration get this? Well, it's true of the uh, Palestinian Authority, too. I sat with the head of the Palestinian Authority. I sat with him in Washington, D.C., the president of the Palestinian Authority, Abbas. And I said to him, you see this telephone? If you tell me right now you recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people, I will call my friend Benjamin Netanyahu, put him on the phone with you, and we have a step toward the two-state solution. He looked me in the eye and he said, I can't say that. Sorry, I can't say that. Wow. He can't recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. This is personal. I was there with him, with Saeed Arkat and with uh, Abbas, and he refused to say that he would recognize Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. So you can't have a two-state solution that's one-sided. Remember, also, Palestinians were given a state in 1948 by the U.N. They could have had one in 67. They could have had one in 94. They could have had one in 2000, 2001. They could have had one in 2008. Could have had one in Gaza in 2005. And they've said no every time. So don't blame it on Israel for not having a two-state solution. The Palestinians are the ones that didn't want it. Uh, I understand, Rita, that you were concerned the other day that uh, uh, foreign uh, nations uh, influencing our elections. Yeah, there were a couple different reports, and there was one with um, Qatar and a couple others talking about influencing sort of the disinformation campaign. I have no doubt about that. Uh, Look, the Soviet Union, before it was Russia, was always trying to influence American elections, trying to influence American politics trying to infiltrate the NAACP and other organizations. Now, uh, of course, we're seeing these uh, countries infiltrating the protests, supporting many of the protests that we're seeing today uh, on campuses and other places. And, of course, they want to influence elections. There's no doubt about that. They want to have people like Mali in power so that uh, the Iranians can laugh all their way to the bank, which is what they're doing. Uh, They're becoming richer and richer with oil revenues and with uh, money that now they're allowed to have and spend. And where do you think they're spending it? They're spending it on giving money to Hamas to build tunnels and giving money to Hezbollah to build rockets. And and the Houthis. The Houthis, yeah. Absolutely. So that's the head of the snake. And it's really the head of the octopus. The snakes only have, you know, one direction. The octopus has tentacles all over the world. And that's what, what Iran is doing. And, yes, there are foreign uh, influences on the election. I have no doubt about that. Two points, Alan. Number one, they're targeting particular 
elected officials or potential elected officials in our elections, like Senator Cruz, who challenges Hamas's uh, legitimacy yeah. and moral compass. That's number one. And the reports about Qatar funding that. And I number, know that about it, yeah. And number two, you have a situation where Iran's actions are leading to the establishment throughout the Middle East of narco states through their uh, subsidiaries. Do you know about well, that? Not only not not only narco states, but uh, I think we're seeing uh, sex trafficking is also a weapon that is being used. Anything that makes money, anything that destabilizes democracies, um, uh, I'm sure they're also involved in cross border actions. I'm sure they're trying to infiltrate the United States through the southern border, the northern border. We already know that there have been cells in Europe. It's coming to a theater near you unless it's stopped. And the only way to stop it is to stop Iran. And and right now, the American policy is is against regime change. They could have had regime change during the Obama administration, and they missed an opportunity. Yeah, they didn't want it. Uh, John? I Well, the other thing that I was uh, uh, talking about is 85,000 kids. Robert Unanaway. Bob Unanaway was here last week. Yeah, with Goya. And 85,000 kids that... Somebody brought over the border have disappeared. Nobody knows where those 85,000 kids are. Wow. Wow. No, look, I think finally the Democrats are saying to themselves, we have to deal with this uh, border issue. Otherwise, we're going to lose the election. And I think we're going to see some movement on the part of at least some Democrats to achieve border security. uh, We've already heard it from um, from people at the top of the party. So yeah. I think it's going to become a national issue, but obviously the Republicans have been on the forefront of that issue now for years. Yeah, and Democrats should do it, not because of politics, well, because it's a, the a right break. thing. Absolutely. Thank you, Professor. Yeah. Thank Always you so much. Thank you, Professor. Enjoy talking to you. Thank you. 